Hi there, I'm Alex Huma, founder of SASDOC and host of the SAS Revolution Show. Welcome to our new series, The Struggle, where we aim to tell the story not often told enough, the story of the struggle to get traction. The struggle which sometimes ends in success, but other times ends in failure. My first guest is Clay Smith, CEO and co-founder of Akita. Started five years ago as part of the Launchpad program at NDRC in Dublin, the company earned its first $50 in revenue last year. As Clay puts it, they became ramen profitable, the instant kind. Took four years, two pivots, consulting on the side, being creative about rent, and possessing a dancing goat to make it through. Clay told his story at the SASDOC 18 stage a couple of weeks ago, but also separately sat for a chat with me before the conference. As you will hear, amazingly, he never quite lost hope, kept on pushing through. In retrospect, some tough situations were avoidable, others were inevitable. You can watch Clay's entire presentation where he has a picture of the dancing goat, as well as 40 hours of recorded content from 130 speakers by getting our SASDOC 18 on-demand bundle at live.sasdoc.com. You also have, if you're listening on November the 1st until the end of today, to snatch an early release ticket for SASDOC 19 at the lowest price it will ever be after November the 1st. It's going to be uh, collecting our two-for-one t- uh, ticket sales, uh, and which will go on sale around about March or April of 2019. So go to sas.com forward slash tickets uh, to snap up your super, super early bird. If you have a story of the struggle you'd like to share with us, get in touch by emailing podcast at sasdoc.com. Hope you enjoy the new show. Uh, welcome to a uh, a new show by the SAS Revolution Show podcast uh, called the, the Struggle. I'm really excited to welcome my first guest on the, on the show today, uh, Clay Smith from uh, Akita App. Uh, welcome, Clay. Hey, how are you? Glad to be here. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Um, I mean, this is something that we've been thinking about this kind of like new concept um, uh, for a while, and I think like your your talk at SASOP 18 uh, was first of all. One, obviously, that really kind of stood out. One, I thought, is that a typo? Does he mean 500,000? Does, you know, does he mean something else? Uh, and then, obviously, when, you know, when we kind of like looked into it, um, I thought, yeah, absolutely, this is the type of you know, concept that we want to see at, at the conference. Uh, but not only just in the conference, you know, we want to kind of um, you know, you know, talk about this type of journey that you know, founders are, are, are facing and not always the either that I'm crushing it stories or even that you know, it's bloody hard but you know we're getting to 5 million we're getting to 10 million or we're even just getting to 1 million or whatever it is right um and 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 just having a kind of a different conversation so this is you know the struggle is going to be uh but get founders on like yourselves to actually say look you know it 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 is hard and let's kind of like get into that and why but not necessarily always focus on the negatives like how do we turn that into positive you know how have you maybe got out of the struggle um, or how can other founders kind of learn, you know, from this? And that, that's kind of the, the, the objective. So, you know, we want it to be ulti- ultimately like an outcome to be, um, you know, something positive and people can take away from. So uh, with that, I think, you know, it's, it, it, it's great to have you as the, as the first guest and, and your talk at SASDOC is to be a, a catalyst of that. But before we get into that, like, first of all, you know, who is, uh, who is Clay Smith? Why have you got a map of the world behind you? Where are you uh, uh, today? Because I thought you were in Dublin. Uh, you know, give us uh, some insights. 
Yeah, so my name is Clay Smith. I'm the founder of Akita, and we are a customer success management platform. So we help scaling SaaS companies um, identify their at-risk customers, retain them, and ultimately grow revenue. So um, I'm originally from the States. I moved over to Dublin in 2006, um, worked in a you know, small, small business for six years before um, setting out to start Akita. Um, yeah, and my, we ended up, the map behind me, we, we left Dublin in 2015 as the rents started sort of spiraling out of control. And um, we've really been traveling since then. So you're you're a, uh, a, a digital nomad, just uh, going going where wherever you where where you fancy. Yeah, I mean, we. I was in the NDRC, so I, I started Akita as a um, basically a CRM for existing customers, um, for lack of a better name at the time. At my old job, companies, you know the account managers rarely knew if invoices had been paid or if, you know, help desk tickets. So there was a lot of, um, it's hard to share customer data. So we started Akita to try and help companies share customer data. So we went through the NDRC launchpad program in Dublin, which is an accelerator. Mm -hmm. And about a year after that, you know, we had, it took about a year to write the product, but we were we knew we were a good ways away from having customers at that point. So, my girlfriend, now wife, and I, um, we left and we went to Mexico for three months. And um, there, we learned about actually house and pet sitting. So, um, apparently, you can if you'll watch someone's house, mow their yard, and watch their pets, they'll you can live rent free. So. We knew Akita was going to take a long time, so we did that as an opportunity to see the world and keep our costs up. So there's some good tips there, like straight away in terms of, you know, first year, if, you, if you, you're bootstrapped, uh, it doesn't even have to be, I guess, kind of like first year, but um, how to, to, to live at a lower cost while seeing maybe some beautiful places uh, in the world and, you know, being able to kind of run your, your, your business and give you that opportunity. And um, so I think that's... Uh, uh, that's a pretty good uh, uh, a tip and uh, life hack uh, in one. Uh, wish I could kind of do it, but I, I've got two, <laughs> two, two young kids um, and it, then it becomes a little bit harder. Well, it, maybe. Uh, I, I, have, I do know people who've got kids that uh, you know, travel around the world. But uh, So like, let's go back this first year. You know, you've gone through an accelerator. You've got, uh, you know, say, like Akita is this CRM for existing customers. Um, gone through the NDRC. Um, you know, did you go through any like pivots in, in the first year? Often like when, when you, you know, SaaS companies or startups, you know, they're going through uh, an accelerator and they're getting advice. You might see, you know, that there's a, a, a pivot in the direction of what the, uh, what the product's going to be. Yeah. I mean, on day one, everyone said, don't start a CRM company. There's a million of them. You can't, you know, it's a dumb, dumb idea. So um, we did, it didn't really change our direction at that point, we sort of knew what we wanted to build. Um, but um, I'd say about, you know, 12 or 13 months later, you know, we had this product and we were demoing it. At this point, my, my girlfriend, now wife, had joined as a co-founder. And we brought on a, a third co-founder, Barry. And, you know, we had this cool little extension, Chrome extension. So you get an email and 
the Akita app would pop up in Chrome and you could see this timeline of history between you and your customers. And we were demoing it and, you know, people, people say, oh, that's kind of neat, you know, like, that's kind of cool. But it wasn't shut up and take my money. So, like, we kind of realized pretty soon that this little maybe $5 a month tool wasn't going to be the future of Akita. But people did start saying, you know, this would be a really interesting add-on to our customer success toolkit. So that was like summer of 2015. And that's when we said, okay, like what we have really is the core of what could be a really good customer success engine. So that's middle of 2015, us setting out to tackle the customer success world. So in 2016, you've got the three co-founders. That's 15, actually. 2015. Yeah. So the three, the three co-founders, you've got this kind of like focus. Okay, we're going to go tackle the customer success world. Um, around that, time, I mean, I guess like your skill sets, like your three co-founders, you all have you know similar skill sets. Do you have different skill sets? You know, is somebody sales? Is somebody more technical? Um, you know, how how has that uh, the co-founder sort of relationships and the skill sets? helped or you know hindered within you you know i guess sort of your your struggle as it were it's been great like um barry has a history in enterprise sales with linkedin and salesforce and microsoft so he's handled you know prospecting um lead nurturing and sales that let my my wife and i are both technical so we do the programming and then um and then we all sort of do a bit of the marketing and stuff so yeah, that that's worked great. Um, Barry sort of um, beats the street looking for business and leaves uh, Sandra and I to do the programming. So the, the uh, your, your initial customers, like how long till you got that first paying customer? So it, it was four. It was four years from a day. I say it was like October two thousand thirteen, which is when I first participated in a little pre accelerator thing and started sort of formalizing it. Yeah, but, you know, you know. To the summer 2015, we decided to go after customer success. We spent another six or nine months taking the product we had, converting it to a sort of what we thought was a customer success app. At that point, we started doing some you know, free trials with people we knew in customer success. Um, now, the product was, you know, we thought, okay, we need to be able to do customer success for telecoms. So it was built on Redshift and Hadoop and all these over-optimizations, and it took us a long time to get a customer set up. So we weren't doing many trials, so we weren't learning much, you know. So at this point, we still had no customers, and you know, it's we had people trialing it, but not paying us. And so the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, we decided, you know, this isn't gonna work, and we decided to scrap what we had and rebuild it from the ground up based on all this we've learned from talking to all these, you know, customer success people. Um, we decided to build something that was, you know, self-service um, sort of one click integrations. And, you know, we could go after small companies that didn't have, you know, two, three, 4,000 a month to spend on a customer success platform. And, and so this first, so you rebuilt the product, um, so it becomes more self-service uh, for the for the you know for the smaller customer, um, and the, this first customer then uh, is is this the first customer that is then paying you the fifty dollars uh, per month? 
Yeah, exactly. It was so we rebuilt it. We launched it around SAS stock last year. So it was around September, October. Um, we got our first paying customer, I think, in November. Um, God bless them. <laughs> and uh, then uh, our second one right after that, you know, we've been growing, you know, slow and steady since. You know, we, we like we don't do a ton of outbound sales, but it's been the great thing about SaaS is it, it, it adds up, you know. So we're about a year into it now. And, and, and but the, this four years without that, you know, first paying customer, uh, and obviously they're having to, um, you, you know, kind of redesign the, the, the product from the ground up. Like how, I know you mentioned like at the beginning, let's say these kind of like uh, uh, super cool like life hacks, being able to kind of live in Mexico, sort of rent-free, et cetera. But like how do you, you know, Barry and, you know, and your wife, you know, survive like financially, you, you know, during that period? Were, um, you, you know, was everybody full-time on Akita? Were you earning money, you know, elsewhere, like consult- consultancy or something? Yeah, I'd say we were all full-time on Akita and then nights and weekends, we'd all do a bit of contracting. So it would take 40 hours and knock it up to, you know, 60. But um, we all did outside contracting over the course of, you know, the last couple of years. I actually did some work for, um, there's a company called Gigster. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. startup. It's like an Uber for um, developers, except they pay developers pretty well. So um, that was great that, you know, picked up a couple gigs over the last year that or two years that kept the lights on, but we did start, you know, once we started generating revenue, because we had this comically low, um, level of expenses, we were able to get to ramen profitability pretty quick. And that was huge. Just once you start operating out of the money you have, you know, it, it makes your company that much better, you know? And, and 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 also kind of like during, during this period, um, you know, were there times that you you just did you all come together have discussions? Let you know, let's just quit, let's just give it up. You know, this is not obviously we, we don't have a paying customer. Um, you know, or was there this you know founder optimism the whole time? Like, what was the the energy levels, the moods? Were there the ups and downs? Yeah, it, it was funny because we. Once we, you know, once we got into customer success, customer success was just, you know, somehow we had never heard of it, but now it's all you hear about. So, you know, customer success was growing like massively while we're building this thing. We were getting, you know, decent enough feedback from people who were demoing it. So we always felt very positive. We felt like success was right around the corner. Um, We would sometimes say like, okay, cop on, like if, if it's not making money, you know, by Christmas, you know, we'll cut our losses, you know, and go do something else. But then, you know, Christmas had come along and we still wouldn't be making money, but we'd say, you know what, I'm pretty optimistic about next year and keep on going. Did you, um, you, you know, ever kind of like ask for outside help or was this just something that, uh, you know, the, the three of you, you just kind of like just kept plowing on yourselves and just wanted to, you, you know, I, I just kind of get to that point, you know, either make the decision we're going to stop the company or we're going to, um, you know, get our first customers and, you, you know, we're, we're not looking, we don't need, you know, venture funding or whatever or, you, you know, some, you know, consultancy or advice, uh, you, you know, to kind of like help us, uh, I, I don't know, just kind of like fix some of the issues uh, that were there. Yeah, I mean, I we, we certainly, you know, I've borrowed a bit of money from 
um, friends and family, nothing too much, paying it back with interest, um, borrowed a bit of money from Visa and or MasterCard, um, but nothing, nothing that keeps me up at night. So, you know, there's, there's been a bit of that. Um, and in terms of like help and mentoring, not, not, we haven't asked for as much help as we probably should have. Um, but you know, I have a pretty good network of, um, founders in Dublin, you know, that, you know, we meet for beers and talk about things and, you know, so, um, yeah. And honestly, the best, the best sort of advice we got was once we got the product out in front of real paying customers. And then, you know, you have all the, all the feedback and advice you need on building a good product. So. And, uh, like looking back at the, you know, I, I guess the, the, the periods and until we got the, the, the first customer, you know, what is the, uh, I guess kind of like, like biggest learnings there that, that you would, uh, I, I guess kind of like share obviously like with, with other founders that perhaps, you know, don't have, you know, paying customers yet, maybe after kind of like one or, or, or two years, you, you know, what, what has been the biggest things for you? Um, I think that, you know, the most, it's sort of cliched, but the most important thing is to start charging customers for something. And the easiest way to do that is to start very small um, and, you know, we, we told ourselves, oh, it's, it's a big thing. You know, we have to integrate with a hundred different SaaS products and, you know, we, we can't start small, but that's probably not true. You know, we could have, if we had talked to enough customers early enough, we probably could have identified a small portion of Akita that would have provided value straight away. And that would have allowed us to, you know, a make money a lot quicker, um, and get that sort of cycle of feedback and product improvements going a lot quicker. So I would say start small and charge as fast as possible. So in terms of like doing the customer development piece and maybe finding those uh, like advocates, early advocates uh, within that customer development, that was something that perhaps may have helped or certainly could help like others uh, you know, the, that are listening. So the, the importance of speaking to customers, uh, uh, essentially and, and starting small, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. What about, I mean, I guess, um, I, you guys are still like bootstrapped or revenue funded. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Was there any discussions, you know, have you ever had any interest to raise, you know, C capital? I know that you you borrowed some money from friends and family and, you know, visa and, you know, we all, uh, we all do that to kind of, you know, some, some extent, um, but, um, what about the venture path, which is obviously, you, you know, sort of like very common to just even, you know, get a hundred K 200 K kind of seed funding. What, what, what is your viewpoint, uh, around that? Yeah. I mean, the day we got out of, you know, the day I finished the NDRC would probably have been my best chance to raise about four years ago. And then, you know, once you get into like, a, you know, being, to one, two, three years down the road, you know, VCs aren't going to knock down your door to invest in you. So, and we knew, we realized pretty soon if we had raised money in the early days, we would have just spent it. And if we had hired five people, we'd have been out of business. So we realized, you know, we realized that customer success was a huge opportunity. And if we could solve it, we were going to be really successful. So we didn't want to, sort of can limit our options by raising 
you know, not that, you know, we maybe could have, but we were happy to sort of bootstrap until we got to the point where, you know, we had traction, we're approaching product market fit and we could start using that money to scale. So we're not, we're not against VC money. I think, you know, in the next 12 months, we might look and see if it'll, if it would help us scale. Um, I think now would be the time to raise it. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully meet uh, meet some good VCs at uh, at Sastock. I'm sure. Um, at um, so like knowing like I know we spoke about like one of the biggest learnings um, you you know has been like you know maybe starting smaller and uh, speaking to more customers kind of early and maybe kind of converting those customers into uh, I guess these earlier customers then you know having to wait the, the the four years for that first paying customer with that like big learning aside, um, you know, if Clay Smith could speak to, you know, Clay Smith from four years ago, uh, you, you know, what, what would you say, uh, to yourself, you, you know, in order, uh, perhaps to have avoided a, maybe like a four year struggle of, uh, of building this, uh, of building Akita? Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, there's not much, like what hindsight being 2020, I don't know how we could have changed too much. I think it was going to take a long time. I think customer success was so young that if we had in 2013, if we had asked a thousand customer success professionals, what they needed, we'd gotten a thousand different answers, you know, but customer success has matured. So it was going to take a while before we were able to build the right product. But I, you know, I, I tell myself, to, you know, aside from talk to customers and launch quickly, I'd tell myself to, you know, stick at it, keep the head up. And, uh, and what does the, um, you know, what does the future hold for uh, Akita? You mentioned that maybe, you know, maybe raising money in the, in the next 12 months, but you, you are you looking at like, now we have the, the the first customers and all of this effort and you know perhaps you know blood sweat and tears and you you know uh, four years of um, you know development into the product uh, you know are you thinking big are you thinking hundred million ARR or are you taking kind of like one step at a time and uh, you know so what are you what are you thinking um, you know we we right now we're kind of you know, sort of looking at round numbers. So, you know, like 100,000 ARR, you know, pretty soon, you know, shortly thereafter, hopefully a million ARR, you know, we think those are pretty reasonable targets. Uh, what'll be a huge help is we'll be probably hiring at the end of this year, early next year. So at the moment, it's three of us. It's, it is a big product and, you know, every one of us handles marketing support and sales. So as soon as we can start offloading some of these roles to dedicated people, That'll free us up to do, you know, what we need to be working on. So, yeah, I think it's start hiring a bit. Hopefully that'll accelerate the, you know, the rate of growth a bit. Do you enjoy being a founder? I do. Um, I can't imagine really working a, you know, a desk job. It's fine. I just, you know, I'd rather work 60 hours for me than... 35 hours for someone else. Um, I appreciate the freedom. I appreciate the ability to travel a bit, but it is, you know, it is definitely not glamorous. I don't know. You know, that's what you see. You see the stories and, you know, read TechCrunch and Hacker News, or you see people who are you know, traveling around the world, talking at conferences, you know, and 
like the, they, they're the success stories, you know, and it's great. But for most of us, it's, you know, spend a long time to get customer one, grow, and, you know, it's not glamorous. It's it, it's not glamorous. I I I agree, but uh, at least you're you're throwing in the unglamorous part with getting a bit of travel uh, around the world. Uh, Absolutely. Um, but uh, no, no, I appreciate it, uh, uh, Clay. Uh, you you know sharing uh, your story. Um, you know, thanks for sharing. Uh, you know your struggle, and um, you know, looking forward to uh, you know keeping an eye out for the future for you getting to the one million ARR. You know, potentially raising money and. Uh, um, see what uh, uh, what it holds for Akita, but so uh, you know, wish you the best of luck. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Clay Smith, CEO of Akita. Once a month, we'll share a story like his of companies and founders who have had a particularly difficult time in finding their way to traction. Be sure to subscribe to the SaaS Revolution show to get them as soon as we release the episodes. If you have a story of a struggle that you'd like to share with us, and you might be the next person that we interview, email us at podcast.sas.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.